tell you, my heart was so full. Like he and I were both standing there crying because I had no idea the impact that I had on him, which in turn, he made a huge impact on me. Welcome to the Inquisitive Journeys podcast, where we explore the transformative power of travel. I'm your host, Nat Karupatri, and I'm thrilled to share stories of how travel has inspired change and growth in the lives of our guests. Join us as we chat with travelers from all walks of life who have experienced the world in unique and meaningful ways. From solo backpackers to group tour enthusiasts, we'll hear how travel has opened their hearts and minds and led them to live with greater joy and connection. In this episode, we're joined by Tamika Carter, founder of the Group Travel Academy. Tamika shares her journey from supporting exchange students and refugees to becoming an exchange student herself and how these experiences have shaped her love for travel. Be sure to visit inquisitivejourneys.com slash podcast for show notes, transcripts, and links, and to see photos of Tamika as a young traveler. So sit back, relax, and let's embark on another inquisitive journey. Hi, Tamika. Hi, Nat. It's, I'm so it's, happy to be here. Yes, it's such a joy to have you. You know, the show is called Inquisitive Journeys. It's the name of my travel company as well. You and your program, your your group travel academy has been integral in helping me get started. So I'm, I'm really honored and thankful to have you here. I'm so glad to be here and I'm glad it's been helpful. Absolutely. So as someone that helps helping groups plan their travel, it would make me believe that you also love to travel, right? You're not just doing this for other people. You're doing it for yourself as well. So I'd love to hear like how, how you got started to travel. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's funny that you say that because I was just having this conversation with my daughter um, maybe a couple of days ago. She's 12. She's almost 13. So she's like becoming like really opinionated, right? <laughs> and outspoken. Um, so I do love to travel. Um, but what I have done is I've actually narrowed down like where I love to travel to. I honestly have very limited desire to be on really long flights anymore, you know, and all of that. Just send me to the Caribbean. I don't even like sand. <laughs> I don't like to feel it, but I just want to see it. I want to hear the waves and the water and just hear, you know, feel the breeze from the palm trees and en engulf myself in the culture. And, um, and that's actually what I love to do. But my daughter is like, you know, she's like, how can you even call yourself a travel agent and you never want to go anywhere? And she's like, I want to see the world and I want to go here and I want to go there. I'm like, you know, we can go, we can go those places, you know, tell me where you want to go and we can plan to go those places. But you also have your whole life ahead of you and you can go to the places that you want to go. You know, so it's interesting that you say that, um, but I love helping people start their travel businesses and um, and just really fulfill their desires to travel to wherever they want to travel to um, in the world. So I do absolutely love it. I love just being a just being able to open up people's eyes to not only travel, but the possibilities of 
of really just having a business that is um, a business that is, you know, around devoted to travel because you can work when you're traveling, you can work from anywhere. And, um, and I really love that about this industry and the ability that it provides. Yeah, that's beautiful. You know, you know, thinking about how I, I'm, I, I take it that because you travel so much that you've influenced your daughter to travel and, and be, and be open to going places. Um, did you, get that from your parents as well? Like, how did you, what opened your eyes to travel? Absolutely. So um, actually, no, I did not get that from my parents. Um, I'm from a small town in Southwestern Virginia, uh, really small town. It's a manufacturing town. So um, there were all kinds of like furniture factories and nylon uh, factories. And, um, you know, they built like, um, they made sweatsuits and pantyhose and and of course, furniture. And um, the only other thing that they're known for is they have a racetrack there. It's called the it's Martinsville, and it's the Martinsville Speedway. So that is absolutely it. That's all that's there. And even now, all of the manufacturing is gone. The only thing that's there now is Walmart. So being from this small town, um, I had never really been anywhere. Um, we went to local zoos and um, and did local trips. And I was in the Girl Scouts. So we went to, I think the farthest place I had gone was like Washington, D.C. with my Girl Scout troop um, and that sort of thing. So no, I was not exposed to travel really um, at an early age. But what happened was I was at my high school, the chairperson for the new student committee at my high school. And, um, so I was the person that, um, that they would call to the office whenever we had someone new come to the school. And this was only, I, I can't remember if it was my junior and senior year or just my senior year, but anytime we had a new exchange student that would come on board, they would call me to the office and I would be the one that would go and greet them and welcome them to the school and show them where their locker was and how to use their locker um, and all of that, show them where their classes were, make sure they're, they had the right books and everything. And it was the same thing with um, not just exchange students, but refugees who also came um, to our schools. So we actually, there were two people that, I can think of that really impacted me and inspired me to want to travel more and just be a better person, like just in general. Um, one of those was a Vietnamese refugee. Um, his name was Hua. And um, when he came to our school, he didn't speak any English at all. He didn't know anybody at all, like not one word of English. And when I tell you that where I'm from, at the time, it was like black and white. Like we mm. didn't have, there were no Asians living in our town. There were no Latinos living in our town at all. And so just to be like, I really felt compassion for him just being, um, you know, from Vietnam, coming here, not knowing anybody at all and not being able, able to speak a word of English. And so um, I greeted him initially when he came took him through the ropes, showed him where the locker was, just really tried to communicate as best I could with him. And for the first three weeks that he was there, I met him after every class, took him to his locker, 
got his books and took him to his next class. Um, and after that, like, he never really, he was really, really quiet all the time. We always waved. I always would be like, hi, in the hallway. And he'd just give me this shy, like, little hi or whatever and so forth. But to make a long story short, when I went away to college and I came back home to Martinsville to work for the summer, I took a job working in a factory for the summer. And when I walked in, the supervisor walked me in and was going to show me where I was going to be working at, you know, at my station for the summer. And all of a sudden, like I heard like Tamika, Tamika, Tamika. Oh and God. so like I'm looking around and everybody stopped working. Right. And so everybody is just like looking around and he comes, he makes this beeline to me from across the factory floor and gives me this huge hug. And I mean, honestly, like I had no idea that I even had that type of impact on him. So I know we're talking about, or we're supposed to be talking about how we travel for it to have an impact on us. But even though I know like him coming to the States wasn't necessarily a trip that he wanted to make, but him being here and learning about the impact that I had on him because he was showing me pictures of his children. He was telling me about the business that he had started. He was so excited. And the people who had worked there, they were like, he never talks to anybody. And they said, but he's so excited to see you. When I tell you my heart was so full, like, he and I were both standing there just like crying because I had no idea the impact that I had on him, which in turn, he made a huge impact on me. And it really solidified the fact for me that just being nice to people, being welcoming, whether they're coming to you or you're going to them is like so imperative and so important. And so even when I travel now, talking about impact, bringing it full circle, I love to travel um, when I take my groups. I love to do the Pack With a Purpose program where I take you know, different school supplies and resources or tools and things like that that we can take to help locals that are in the community. I love participating in the People to People program that a lot of countries have where they will introduce you to locals and the locals will take you around and, you know, and just really help to get you engulfed into the culture. Um, so I absolutely love, 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 love to do that. So just kind of bringing that full circle. The other person who really made an impact on me when I was in high school doing that program was, um, a young lady named Ariana, and she was an exchange student from Holland. And there were other there were other exchange students, but this one was the exact opposite of Wa. Like she was really, she was just outgoing. She was on the cheerleading squad. She just knew everybody, and everybody knew her. And one day after school, we were talking about it, and she talking about her being an exchange exchange student, and she was like, "Tamika, you should do this." She was like, "You'd be great at it." And I was like, wait, be great at what, you know? And she's like being an exchange student. And honestly, Nat, I thought that was something, and even with traveling in general, I thought it was something reserved for rich people. Mm -hmm. Like it was just not even an option for me in my mind. Like the mindset wasn't there. So the next day she brought me a video and um, like a VHS, you know, to go in the VCR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 90s. Okay. I'm dating myself. 
But um, but she brought me this video and we went into the library and we watched the video and I was like, okay. So I took the video home and I showed my grandparents. I lived with my grandparents at the time who were both factory workers. And, um, and my grandmother watched the video with me and she said, well, get the information. And I was like, okay. Okay. So I got the information and it came in the mail like a few weeks later. And we found out that it was the cost to be an exchange student was about the same as a year of going to college for me. And I was preparing to go to college that following year. So, um, and we didn't have a lot of money. Like I said, they were factory workers, right? And I worked part-time at a drugstore. Um, so we didn't have a lot of money at all. But, you know, we had fish fries, um, we did yard sales, my church collected money, like we did all kinds of things to raise money for me to do this. And so I ended up going to Australia for a year and I lived with a family as an exchange student. Um, and even kind of going back to the story of Wah, um, so I was in Tasmania, which is a small island off the southeast coast. Of, Austra of the mainland Australia. Um, I was the only black person there. Like if, if, if I wasn't, it felt like I was. Mm -hmm. The only two other black people that were there were the two basketball imports. So I was in a place where I didn't look like anybody else that was there, right? So I could kind of feel what he was feeling when he came to our school. Um, and then it was interesting because I chose Australia, Nat, because I was really being lazy. Like, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go somewhere where they speak English. <laughs> I'm not going to have to learn another language. I'm just going to party it up and have a good time, right? Let me tell you, there was still a language barrier. <laughs> there was still a little bit of a language barrier because there, of course, the accent, right? Yeah. And um, and then just some of the terminology and some of the words they use. And you're just they say things and you're just like, what? you know, or I say things and they're like, what, <laughs> you know? So, um, so that was really interesting, but what I absolutely loved about being in Tasmania was I was a country girl, small town, nothing around. Right. But in Tasmania, where I was living, we could drive 10 minutes and we were on a beautiful beach with a beautiful ocean. You drive 10 minutes in another direction there's a beautiful farm with horses and sheep. And you drive 10 minutes in another direction. You're in the city, right? With casinos yeah. and shops and stores and restaurants. And 10 minutes in another direction, you're on a snow-capped mountain. Like, it was the most beautiful thing. And the most beautiful, sweet and sincere and kind people. And they were all just so welcoming to me. And I loved like being just engaged with them. And um, and honestly, I didn't want to leave. I didn't I wanted to come back home to visit, but I was like, I think I want to go back, right? So, but of course I came back home and I went to college and um and I'm still here. <laughs> wow. Such a beautiful experience you had. First with Wa, you said you felt your heart full, like I was welling up. I was just like so, so touched by yeah. that experience. Like you're right, we never know really how much impact we have on other people. And then likewise, the, the reverse of that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then such a gift also with Ariana, 
and how she introduced being an exchange student for you to go and how that opened up possibilities for you, right? Because it wasn't something, like you said, you thought it was for rich people. It wasn't for people like you. And it, it opened up your eyes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally opened my eyes. I didn't even think that was a possibility, like ever. Um, even being in school, like there were some kids who would go on ski trips or they would come back, you know, and they would be tanned with the cornrows, you know, because they had been to the Caribbean or the Bahamas. And, um, and, you know, I was curious about those things, but not curious enough to want to even think about or even know how to explore something like that or ask my grandparents about it. The only thing that I knew was that I needed to focus on going to college. That was, that was the goal. And so, and that's what I focused on. And luckily I was really fortunate um, because the university that I went to deferred my enrollment for a year. So I just kind of did like a gap year mm -hmm. um, in between and then came back and went to college. So it just worked out perfectly. I was really able to go and not even have to focus on like studying. I could just go and really have a good time because I had already graduated from high school. So it was absolutely amazing. And, um, and just being from the East coast here in the U S and then going there and like celebrating Christmas in a warm climate, you know, was just a totally new experience, um, for me. And, um, and even, even the high school experience there was more of like college. It's a little bit different. So, but the friends that I made there were amazing. I had all different types of friends from all different classes and backgrounds. And it was so funny because I was thinking about this um, last night that I remember like I had like certain clothes that I wore depending on who I was hanging out with. Oh, like if I was hanging out with the cheer, with the, um, with the dancers, I wore certain clothes and with the skateboarders, I wore certain clothes, but, you know, but everybody, like everybody was so welcoming. And, um, and I just had a really great time and I just knew that I wanted to travel more. Right. And I was yeah. like, I really want to experience, you know, what the world has to offer. And, and I know that there was, I knew that there was more outside of Martinsville and um and just really wanted to experience more of that yeah w what was it like for you to be in tasmania and you know you said you had a lot of different groups that you hung out with but I i'm curious to know like the insights or like ahas or just like new perspectives gained being out there because you also mentioned that you felt like you were the only black person there could you share a little bit more about that yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, I think I was, I, I think I was, other than the basketball imports, there were, um, a couple of Aboriginal people who lived like in the outskirts, um, but I didn't see them often. Um, there was somebody at my church who was from Tonga, um, who was of color, but other than that, like I was the only black person like that I ever saw. Um, we did have, a couple of Navy ships that would come into town and um, periodically, I think there were 
I think only two, like during the year that I was there. And, um, and all the sailors like, would just be like, what are you doing here? How did you get all the way over here? You know? So that was always kind of fun. And, um, and then I do remember talking about impact and how you impact other people. Um, I do remember there was a lady that I ran across in the mall one day and she had the most beautiful little girl and, um, and the little girl was clearly biracial. And so I started talking to her mom and she was explaining to me that her father was a previous basketball import that was there. And so I noticed her hair was just kind of like, it was just kind of all over the place. Right. And so, you know, as, as black people and as a black woman, we have, we have a different hair texture. And so I was asking her about her hair and she was like, I don't know what to do with it. I have no idea like what to do. And I said, well, let me do it. Can I do it? And she was like, yeah. So she gave me her name and phone number. I went to her house. I did her daughter's hair. I taught her how to care for her daughter's hair. And I did her daughter's hair like once every other month for the rest of the time that I was there. And she was just so grateful. So like that meant a lot to me to be able to teach not only her mom, but for her daughter to see someone who looked like her as well and to know that like she wasn't she wasn't different and you know like there were no. other people like her and so that was something that I was really happy to be able to leave behind for her so another thing that um as far as like traveling and impacting other people my friends, when I was there, encouraged me to apply for this grant that the city was giving. And I did. They were looking for like some sort of special and unique event. One thing that happens in Australia, um, when they play basketball, for example, it's not like a basketball game that we have here. At least it wasn't at my high school. So it's just basketball. You play basketball, people stand around or they sit in the bleachers and they watch. There's no like music. There's no, you know, cheerleaders, you know, going back, you know, there's none of that. It's just the sport of basketball. So um, I won the grant. I applied for it and won it with the help of my friends. And I put on this basketball event for the entire city. And I recruited cheerleaders and they learned all these dance routines and we had music and hot dogs, you know, and things like that and popcorn that we have here in the States. So that was a lot of fun to be able to do and take that part of the U.S. over there, which actually yeah. was something really positive to leave behind because we as Americans have such a horrible reputation when it comes to traveling uh, in terms of being like just these loud mouth, arrogant you know, peak travelers, right? So it was really nice to be able to leave something positive behind. Wow, how beautiful. And it, it also t helps me see how how much you're a natural organizer. I mean, you know, you're organizing travel for other people, you organize a huge event for for this town. How beautiful is that? I'm also curious about you were away for a year. What was it like coming back? You know, did, did you have a different perspective? Did people see you differently? Did you interact with other people differently? I'm curious. That is a really great question. That's a really great question. So there are a couple of things that I remember about coming back. One was when I got on the plane in Sydney, because first of all, let me say, it was 22 hours in the air, not including layovers. And I was 17 years old, right? 
So I was 18 when I was coming back though. But, um, but it was really interesting because one thing that I remember about my return home was when I was in the airport in Sydney and I was boarding a flight, boarding the flight to go back to California, I just remember like I had reached over lady to put my backpack, which was super heavy. I left, by the way, I left all of my clothes in Australia so that I could bring back all of my souvenirs. <laughs> so I came back with no clothes. Okay. So my backpack probably had like three or four, like huge photo albums and a scrapbook in it. It was super heavy. And I tried really hard to get it in the overhead bin on the plane and my strap fell down and hit a lady on the arm. It was just the strap. And she was very mean. I remember that like distinctly. She was very, very mean. And I just remember thinking to myself, okay, wow, I'm back to this, you know, because we can, we can be different here. Right. And I wasn't, I hadn't been used to that for a whole year of the aggressiveness, right. That sometimes we can give off. And so I really wasn't excited about that, but I got over it. Right. And, um, and the other thing that I remember was, I had picked up this Australian accent and some kind of way I started talking out of the side of my mouth like this. <laughs> <laughs> and I, the only reason I know that is because I had a video from my school in Australia because I, I took like this TV, this television anchor class or whatever. And so they gave me the video as a souvenir. And so when I came back and I was showing the video to my family, you know, they were like, why are you talking out of the side of your mouth like this? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it was really weird. But um, when I got off the plane and I had um, my family was there, you know, and back then you could go into the, it was before 9-11. So your family could come into the airport and go all the way to the gate yeah, and all right. of that. And, um, and I just had this accent and they just kept repeating everything I was saying with the accent. And I just remember saying, stop, like in my Aussie accent, I'm like, stop, stop mocking me, you know? So that was kind of funny, but those are the two things that I remembered about coming back to the States. Yeah. Would you say that the exchange experiences with you being in Tasmania, but also with you being on the, uh, the school board, um, would you say that those experiences shaped your view of travel since, or it's just putting too much weight on those, on those three experiences? No, no, no. I think, I think, um, that's a very good point. I absolutely do. I'm very conscious about my behavior when I travel. And I'm also very conscious about the behavior of other people that I'm traveling with and, and I hate to say it, but I'm also judgmental of other travelers as well. It really bothers me when people travel and they don't treat locals well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because we're invading their space. Right. And so I really have an issue with that. That's probably how I've been impacted the most with regard to how I travel now. I try to be really courteous and I try to make it a point to become a part of the culture that I'm visiting instead of me trying to impose my culture on them and yeah. to, to expect a certain level of, of, um, I don't know, a, a, a certain level of service or, you know, usually the service is absolutely amazing, but 
I find that, and this is, I think, true all the time. We get what we give. We get what we give. So, you know, so even like, for example, in Jamaica, which is one of my favorite islands, um, I've been to Jamaica over 20 times. I've, I was married there. My husband is American, but we went there to get married. I have friends there now. I have God kids there. Like that's how many times we've been. But even when I travel to Jamaica, it's like, you know, I hear people say all the time about how, oh, you can't leave the resort. It's not safe. You have to stay on property. It's just not safe, you know? And it's like, what do you mean it's not safe? Like, what are you doing when you leave the property that's making it unsafe? You know, because I feel fine when I'm walking out, you know, of the property. And honestly, I believe it's how, it's how we engage other people that will result in how they will engage us. So mm -hmm. I really believe that that's, that's the case. Yeah, you know, I've noticed that too, like years ago when my wife and I went to France and it was around that time where, you know, they were saying like, oh, the French people, they don't like Americans and, uh, and all of that. And I didn't experience any of that. I was just like, you just go, you, you, you're respectful, you're exactly. trying to speak their language as much as possible. And we were just treated with the utmost respect. So it, yeah, I think that's a great point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm wondering what's a trip or where are you looking to travel next for fun? Mm, that is a very good question. So um, totally opposite from the Caribbean. Um, my best friend, um, one of my best friends lives now in Alaska. Uh, she's a teacher and she lives and works in a remote village. And I'm really looking forward to visiting her. Um, I do want to wait and go, I think, in the summer months because it's going to be so cold or it gets so cold during the winter. But, um, but, but I really want to go and just, again, experience the culture because it's not city living. She lives in a village, right? And, um, and she tells me about the, the children and, um, you know, that she teaches and just how friendly they are. And, um, just, you know, she's, she talk, talks about them and just how cute, cute they are. And I just want to go and just experience the way that they live and see how they travel and how they get around. Cause it's not like we do now. Let me say this. I have to get over my fear of small planes. So that's kind of been the delay. <laughs> yeah. So, because, um, because I will have to take like, um, like a four seater plane to be able to get to the village where she lives. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, sounds amazing. I mean, the idea of living with a village. Um, I mean, that's, that's kind of my thing too. It doesn't have to be a village, but it, it I'm really interested in learning how other people live mm -hmm. and, and not just kind of like what you're saying of like, going and maybe just seeing the sights from her perspective of of our culture it's like being immersed in something and yeah. then coming away from it f feeling different or learning something new is a huge highlight for me absolutely she's already told me we're going to get a four-wheeler and we're going berry picking so i cannot wait <laughs> wow wow well i look forward maybe we'll have you back 
after that trip to share more about that experience. I'd love to come back. Well, Tamiga, this has been really such a joy to connect with you, to learn about your experience and how you got started in travel. I'm not surprised that you and I connected because we have similar values and interests in travel. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait to come back. That's it for today's episode of Inquisitive Journeys. I hope you enjoyed Tamika's stories and found them as inspiring as I did. Remember, we never know the impact we have on others. Often the little things go a long way. Like how Tamika supported Wa and then Wa surprised Tamika later. But also how the woman that reacted negatively to the bag strap touching her arm left a lasting impression. So let's be intentional with how we show up and treat others. And let's not prejudge what's possible for us. Tamika's experience shows us that with a little nudge, we can open up a world of possibilities. The questions I leave you with are, what kind of impact do you want to make? And in what ways can you be more intentional and mindful about how you're showing up? If you have any takeaways or insights you'd like to share, please don't hesitate to reach out to us through our website's contact page or email me directly. Thank you for listening. And until next time, keep exploring the world around you and within you.